in a series on choices. How many of you love choices? The only, I love choices unless I'm on the cereal aisle. Because then there's, too, there's, way too many, there's way too many choices. I mean, how many of you guys have been to the cereal aisle? It's like a complete aisle. I think back when I was a kid, there was like one or two sections of cereal, and it was just an easier choice. You just got the one with the most sugar in it. Uh, and now there's like a whole aisle of, of cereal. So choices are great. Sometimes they're difficult. Uh, but God leads us to make choices every day, in fact, the multiple times of every day. And the quality, the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. How many of you would admit that you've made a bad decision and you've suffered bad consequences? Yeah, probably all of us, all of us in this room. Listen, the, the quality of the decisions that we're, we're making determines the quality of our life. When I began, I was supposed to be here last Sunday. Man, I missed you guys last Sunday so much. I much rather would have been here, I promise. Uh, but when I was preparing for last Sunday, I came across this story and I had never heard this information altogether. Uh, would you throw that picture up on the screen for me? I want to show you a picture, and I made the font a little bit too small, but on the right-hand side, side we see Mount Abal, and on the left-hand side, we see uh, Mount Gerizim. Now, let me tell you about these two mountains. This was the point when the Israelites were coming in to the promised land, and they were, they were settled right there in the valley. Shechem would be right there in the valley. They were settling there, and listen to the, listen to the instructions or the word from God when he brought them to this place. He showed them both mountains. Mount Ebal and Mount Gerasim. And this is what he said. He said, today you're supposed to choose life or death, blessings or curses. Guess what these two mountains represent? Mount Ebal represents the death and the curses. And life does not grow on Mount Ebal. You might have some vegetation, but there's no springs, there's no waters. It's actually filled, I, was, I, I wish I could show you more photos. It's actually filled with millions of stones that are about this side, but just millions of them scattered all over the mountain. On Mount Gerizim, you can see some, some life there, and there's actually some springs and some water there and some nourishment there. And God, God brought them to this place, and he didn't just throw out the choice. He gave them a living example that was always going to be there. And I believe it's because God knows, obviously, that we're going to come to choice after choice after choice after choice. And every time we come to a decision that needs to be made, what he's wanting us to choose is life and blessing. And so it stood right there before them to give them a reminder. In fact, it, it, it's, there's been a few significant, you, if you follow this, then you're probably like, oh, that's interesting. Most of you might be like, ah. <laughs> On Mount Abal, they just found Joshua's altar, the altar that Joshua built for all the sacrifices. And they also found a small lead tablet well, and the only thing that they can determine right now, they'll do some, you know, more cleaning of it, is the name of Yahweh, or Hueh. that's how you would pronounce it, is on this lead tablet. So right now, it's the oldest, it's the oldest form of written that they have found as, as far as the Hebrew, the, the Israelites, and it's just amazing, but it was right there. So there's, there's a lot of significance just in this area. So in my mind now, it's almost like I keep seeing this photo pop up when decisions are being made because I want to choose life, and I want to choose life every time. Interesting? Not interesting? Listen, God gives us the choice between life and death, blessings and curses every day. And this isn't a one-time event. I, I hope that we can get to this place where that's a part of our thought process each time we come to a place to make a choice or a decision. 
that in my mind I'm thinking, okay, I have, I have a choice right now. Because every, every decision you make has consequences. Now, some of those consequences are great. I guess that wouldn't be a consequence. Uh, and, and some of those consequences, not, not so great. And so God provides this for us so that we could choose life and blessing every time, every day, multiple times of every day. Temptation is a reality that everyone must confront. It can be a place of victory or a place of defeat, and the outcome is determined by the decisions you make. So when it comes to this whole topic of choices, temptation plays a huge, a huge part of this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. I love the, the first few words. It says, be alert, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion uh, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So when it comes to this th- choices and temptation, know that the enemy is out there and he wants you, he wants you to slip up. And we, none of us in here escaped temptation. Jesus himself didn't even escape temptation. So let's just talk about this this adversary, because we have an adversary, and as that verse reads, man, he's looking to trip us up. So the first thing that we have to know about the adversary is this, the devil is coming for you. Does that make anyone comfortable? No, the, the devil's coming for you. He's, he's seeking out. He's waiting. He's waiting to pounce. He's waiting to tempt. He's waiting to do all these things to trip you up. Why? Because he doesn't want you close to God. He doesn't want you to have a relationship with Jesus, so he's going to trip you up as much as you can. I heard this once said that if you aren't running into the devil, you must be running his way. What does that tell me? It tells me like if everything's just always like, you know, life is good. He ain't bothering you. He don't need to because you're not focusing on Jesus. But if you keep butting heads with him, most likely that means, man, we're pursuing God. We're pursuing Jesus. And he doesn't like that. And he's wanting to get in our face to, to distract us. So I I remember this. I heard it said long ago, but let me say it again. If you aren't running into the devil, you must be running his way. The flip side of that is, man, let's be pretty happy (laughs) that we keep running into the devil and the adversary is always there trying to to trip us up because it means that we're pursuing Jesus. We're looking at him and he's wanting to distract us. Jesus himself was confronted by the devil. The enemy does not want you to experience the presence or the blessings. Remember that photo? He doesn't want you to experience the blessings of God. So he works hard at distracting you and tripping you up. So when you think about it, uh, this is all the devil does. Can you remember what a boring life? Just messing around with us. That's all he has. The, The devil has no other goal. The enemy has no other goal in life except for to distract you to hinder what God's doing in your life, to hinder the building of God's kingdom. And so literally, this is all, this is all he does. He just keeps roaming around. He and his cohorts just keep roaming around looking for somebody else to trip up. Let's look at the second thing. The devil wants to destroy your life through temptation. He wants to destroy you. We saw that in 1 Peter. The devil wants to destroy you. Listen, the devil's not all-knowing. We, we have to settle that within our hearts and our minds and our spirits. The devil is not all-knowing. Only God is. But he and his cohorts, they're pretty smart, and they've been around a really long time. And I don't know if there's you know, angels designated for me. Who? Poor angels. And I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's little devils 
that are appointed just to, just to harass me. But I do know this, that the enemy has been studying humanity for a few thousand years now, and they're pretty smart. And they follow you, and they watch you, and they watch the decisions that you make. They watch the good ones, they watch the bad ones, and they're pretty smart. They know just how to trip you up. They know how to trip you. I mean, think about this, because I'm still, in a, I'm still kind of in a process where I'm trying to, to lose some weight. I've actually lost like 27 pounds since January 1st, uh, just trying to get more active, and, and I, I died, I think, when I came to, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but this is the thing. Like, when I'm trying to lose weight, I am never tempted by broccoli. <laughs> there has never been a point in my life, especially when I'm trying to lose weight, that I saw broccoli like, man! If I could just have a big bowl of that. Any, does it, somebody might get tempted by broccoli, but I've never been tempted by things that were healthy. I'm, I'm more tempted by like ice cream um, or cookout shakes. Yeah, something like, glory. Now the spirit's moving. Right, those are the things I'm tempted. I'm not tempted by things that bring me health. Listen, it's the same in our life when it comes to the spiritual aspect. We're never tempted by things that draw us closer to God. Now, we're presented by those things, but the enemy is here to tempt us with the things that are unhealthy, to move us away from God, to distract us from God. So if I see ice cream or Kit Kats, man, I'm tempted. But broccoli and all those other things... I can turn away from no problem. So the enemy knows what you're tempted by. Are you tempted by the desire or the need to buy more things? Are you tempted by the desire or need to have too much isolation? Are you tempted by, you know, feeling too free to speak your mind? Nobody in the room probably besides me. Like, those are the things that we're tempted by, not the things that bring us health. So just know that the the devil, his job is to destroy you. That's all he wants to do, and he does that through temptation. So he's going to find the things that tempt you, and those are the things that he's going to distract you with. The third thing is this. You are not as strong as you think you are. Let's go back to the ice cream. How many have ever said, I am not going to eat ice cream? And then you walk to the freezer, and you open it up, you see the ice cream, you shut it, you stare at the door. (laughs) Maybe this is just me. I'm having like deja vu. No, right? You're not as strong as you think you are. For me, I mean, there's things in my life that I know I just have to keep my eyes from because I'm not strong enough. And I know that I'm strong enough. There, there's, there's things that, you know, from my past, I'm, I'm so enthralled with music, and, and I love music. And one of the things that the enemy tempted me with early on uh, in my ministry, even after we, we were uh, married, was just some opportunity to, to do, like, professional music and stuff. And it was like, man, if I do that, I love that, but it's going to take me away from everything that God has for me. And so I'm so glad I didn't make that decision, right? You're not as strong as you think you are. Let's read this, 1 Corinthians Uh, 10 verse 12. So, I love that. So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So, we have Paul saying, look, I know you think you're standing firm, but even when you think you're standing firm, be careful not to fall. I think he would have said it more like this. Be very self-aware. 
And that's hard for us to do at times because I don't like to see all the ugly parts of me, but I have to. I have to be open to the Holy Spirit showing me the ugly parts of me so that I, those parts can be transformed to be more like Jesus. So don't ever settle into a place where you feel like you're strong enough to withstand every temptation because that's exactly when you're going to get tripped up. For me, it's not a matter of focusing on the sins or even temptations that might uh, throw me. I just want, I choose to focus on God. I choose to focus on his face. If I'm looking at his face, I'm not looking at anything else that might tempt me. And, and part of that is, is me being self-aware. And I just want to keep my eyes focused on God. I want to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. Uh, several years ago, I, uh, I had the opportunity to break the law. It's not as bad as it sounds. I was whitewater rafting in Beckley, West Virginia. And have, how many of you ever been to Beckley, West Virginia? It's one of my favorite places on earth, and I mean that because of the trails and the, the whitewater rafting, two, two specific rivers, the New River and the Gully River. But there's the New River Bridge or the New River Gorge, and the bridge that goes over that, if you've seen the movie Triple X, uh, he jumps the, I think it's a Corvette, he jumps the Corvette, Vin Diesel jumps the Corvette off the bridge, and each year they close the bridge off one, like a week out of every year to do these jump days where they're doing bungee jumping and just you know, jumping off with parachutes. And so this bridge is really high. If I remember correctly, it's like two statues of liberty in a Washington monument high. So if you're, if you're afraid of heights, it's just, yeah, you, you, you don't want. But I, I, I was tempted by, to jump the fence right by the sign that says, don't jump this fence. I, I jumped the fence and I walked a little beam out to the, the maintenance catwalk. And I, watched, I walked the maintenance catwalk into the middle of the bridge. And then I walked this little beam out to the edge. And this is, this is what I know of me now. David, ne- I shouldn't have done it then. Sorry. I, think she, I think she knows. I just haven't talked about it in a really long time. So here's the thing, when I was on that, even on the catwalk, because it was so high, I mean, there's railings, there's no way I could, well, I guess I could have fell, but there's, there's railings and everything. This is the thing that I was aware of. I was aware of every step. Uh, this, was, this wasn't one of those times I'm just like, woo, lollygagging and skipping down the beam and getting to the catwalk, and I was aware of every step. There's, I've, I've climbed a, a few waterfalls, not very high, but, uh, and I was aware of every foothold, every hold, right? This is the way that we need to be walking with God, that we're aware of every step. We're aware of every moment that we could be tripped up because you're going to come to us multiple times a day. But listen, God always gives us the, the, the capacity to withstand those temptations. But be aware. Don't think that you're stronger than you are. So let's go through really quickly three keys of fighting temptation. The first one is this. Move the line. Move the line. Get the ice cream out of your house. Hey, that's a good start, right? If ice cream is a temptation, get the ice cream out of your house, wherever that line is. I love having this conversation with young people because when we're young, we always think that if, like, if this is the crossover, if I cross over this line, then I'm sinning. It, I don't know why we think that we can get right next to the line. No, move the line. Make the line over there and decide that I'm not even getting close to the line. Right? That's the first thing that we have to do to withstand temptation. When we're fighting this, put the line way away. Whatever that might be, move the line. So we need to pre-decide to put distance between you and the temptation, or perhaps you and the failure, right? Because we're going to be tempted, and it's not a sin to be tempted. Uh, it's, the sin happens when we fail. We fall to the temptation. So move that line. The second thing is this. Magnify the cost. Magnify the cost. Proverbs 6, 32 and 33 says this, but a man who commits adultery has no sense. 
Whoever does so destroys himself. Blows and disgrace are his lot, and his shame will never be wiped away. So this is a very particular sin that we're talking about, but let's magnify the cost. Whatever the, whatever the consequence of falling to temptation is, you magnify that so it hurts more before it happens, so that we stay as far away from the, the failure as possible. Predecide that the price you'll pay is far too great. Predecide that. Know that going into a situation where you might be tempted. If your thing is shopping, even when you don't have money, leave the credit cards at home. Leave everything at home if you need to, well, except your driver's license. Leave it all at home. Go window shopping and you can't buy. Right? Wherever. <laughs> all the women hate me now. And a few men, I like to shop. But magnify the cost. Magnify the cost so that we stay far away. The third thing is this. Plan your escape. Plan your escape. We see this happen with Joseph, right? And maybe he didn't like have a direct route because Joseph with Potiphar's wife, remember that temptation and everything? And she's all over him and he just, he gets out of his, his cloak, his coat, and he runs. Maybe he didn't have the route predetermined, but because his response was so quick, I know this that Joseph had it predetermined that if, if that ever happened in any capacity, I'm turning and I'm running. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Again, this might be, uh, this might be a very specific temptation, uh, but 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond you can bear. Now, we like to pull that verse out, and we like to apply it to a lot of different things, but it's talking about temptation. But when you are tempted, listen to this. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure. I love Paul's instruction to Timothy when, it talk, when he's talking about youthful lust. He doesn't say, hey, just be careful when, when, you're, when you're experiencing some youthful lust. No, he says this, flee, run. When you experience youthful lust, run. Listen, we don't just lust over people. We lust over a lot of things. We lust over objects. We lust over uh, power. We lust over authority. We lust over a lot of things. And I love Paul, Paul uh, his instructions to Timothy. When you experience this, when you feel this, and listen, we all know that moment when it's about to get us. Paul says, run, turn around and run. Listen, we can predecide to do that. Predecide your escape and how you remove yourself from the temptation. That has to be the thing. So for me, I, I, how many of you have like crazy family members and you avoid some of them? No, be honest. I mean, we're people. I have a few family members that I, and I don't, you know, I, I wish I could say it's all them. It's probably still some me, but I just know like when I get around this family member, an argument, some, I don't know what it's, it's going to be something really stupid and you're going to walk away like all angry and ticked off and you'll be like, what were we fighting about? Right, but I just know there's a few family members for me, and, and so I have to be very careful. I'm very aware when I'm around these family members, and I probably won't spend as much time around them as I do everybody else. I'm certainly not going to sit down in the chair next to them if it's open. I'm going to sit across the table or down the table, all right? This is what, this is what we're seeing here. We've got to pre-decide our escape. We've, we've got to be wise enough to know that temptation is coming after us. We'll face temptation after temptation after temptation, and we want to set ourselves up for success, for fruitfulness, right? Go back to the picture. I want to choose life every time, life and blessing and not death and curses. Matthew 26, 41. 
It says this, and, and, and then we'll begin to close. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen, I, I, I wish that I could say that in myself, in my flesh, in David, like he's a really strong dude. Uh, but I know that I'm not. The strength, all the strength that I have, all the strength that I would experience only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. It only comes as I'm aware of the weaknesses that are in me. It's, it's likely that David says the wrong thing at the wrong time, and, and, and so I just have to be careful. I have to be aware, right? And this is what the message is saying to us this morning. Temptation is going to happen. You will be tempted, you will be tempted. Now, you might be tempted differently than I am or with different things, but you will be tempted. It is coming. It is happening already. And maybe there's even some sin in your life now that, man, you just, you're distraught because you keep falling and you keep falling and you keep falling. Take the notes from this morning. It's in the app. It's going to be online. You can access those. It'll be in the worship guide. Take those notes and begin to say, man, these are the things that I'm going to do, especially with this temptation or, or the temptation of this sin. Because I want to set myself up. I want to pre-decide. I want to see this picture. I want to see God standing before me. And I want him to show me life and blessings, death and curses. And I want to, I want to choose life and blessing every time. And this is the cool thing. Like, this is the whole thing about sin, right? We will have to face consequences if we sin. But the whole thing about sin to me isn't a matter of judgment or a matter of shame. Thankfully, if you know Jesus, if you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, every sin, every sin, past, present, and future has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Oh, yes, amen. I'm so thankful for that. This is the thing about sin in my life. Sin distracts me from God. It doesn't distract him him from me he's never just his eyes are always on me but sin in my life distracts me from who he is it distracts me from his goodness it distracts me from his blessings i take my eyes off of him and i focus on so many other things that's that's what sin does in our life i'm so thankful that if i sin right now and jesus comes right after that i still get to spend eternity with him however in every moment that i have until jesus comes i want my eyes to be on jesus I want my eyes to be on God. I want my relationship to keep growing stronger and stronger. I want to be closer and closer to who he is. And sin messes that up. So in this area of temptation, which is typically happening before sin, man, let's predetermine, let's predecide that we've got an action plan set in place. And I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Let's close our eyes. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for who you are. You're an awesome and wonderful God, so gracious, so full of mercy. And Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful that when I do mess up, I do mess up, you don't love me any less. In fact, I think you reach out even more. God, for each one of us in here, especially especially as we're thinking of, you know, very specific temptations that we continue to fail to. God, I just pray right now, you just strengthen us in spirit. Let us be more self-aware. 
of those areas that we fall. Lord, that we could predetermine, even as we've gone through the message this morning, that these things can be predecided in our hearts and our lives. As our eyes are closed, I just want to, if you're here this morning and this whole forgiveness thing that we're talking about, even the, the ability to withstand temptation and not mess up, uh, it, it all comes down to Jesus. So maybe you're here this morning and, and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've never given your life to him. If, if that's you could, and you want to do that this morning, could you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or call you up front. I just want to pray with you. And, and I'll say that again. Some of the consequences that we have in life because of bad decisions, like the ability we have to make good decisions really comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and we only know the Holy Spirit through salvation, through Jesus. So if, if that's you this morning and you'd like to be introduced to Jesus, would you just raise your hand quickly and just give me enough time to see you and put it back down? Okay, I didn't see any hands go up. If you did raise your hand and I, I missed you, just come up to me afterwards. I would love to have a conversation with you. God, thank you again for who you are. Man, you're, you're so good. Thank you for giving us the power of your word to, uh, to guide us moment by moment of every day. Lord, take us from this place just knowing we're blessed because we're yours. In Jesus' name, amen.